You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What's going on, Jermaine Johnson? Tune in to Turn on the Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn on the Jets podcast. everybody welcome back to the trying the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok joined by a special guest i think third time on the show we are just talking about it probably the busiest man in uh, new york sports right now him and connor rogers you'll see on a million different sny baseball night in america or baseball night in new york the ringer host of new york new york john just john how are we doing today well, I'm doing great. It's going to be a chaotic three to four weeks. I just informed my fiance a few minutes ago that basically all of our plans this October revolve around what the baseball teams are doing. So like the idea of like even trying to stick anything on an October schedule, not knowing what's going to happen is just absolute insanity. At least we know some days are booked. Like that's kind of a foregone conclusion. And I think that's where we'll spend a lot of time here with the Jets taking on the Dolphins come Sunday. It's funny, you. I know you're you're planning a wedding. I'm planning a wedding. It is the stress level of that with with all the Yankees stuff. At least that's Jets. next year. Yeah, you I know. know I, I I did a couple of tests this week. You know, took care of the band, hotel. Uh, you know, like I I did my pull my weight, but the weekend, no, there's not going to be much going on. Not going to lie. You're like you're probably I guess a couple of months behind me. I'm like on the transportation and the last you know the flowers. I can't really contribute there, but um obviously big game Sunday right like you know obviously the Jets have been they're five and 35 in their last 40 division games which is insane to say every time I say it five and 30 <laughs> I knew it was bad I didn't know yeah. it was that bad since 2017 and, and the oh. wins the wins are tanking Dolphins team on a game well, let's be goal. honest the win against the Dolphins that year was Fugazi remember yeah. the official yeah, the 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 game? Passer, I was like they a- should not and I was happy about it because the Dolphins were "quote unquote" tanking. Yeah. But I remember saying the Dolphins got screwed in that game. They got screwed. They beat the Bills, I believe, twice. Sam Darnold won in Buffalo two years in a row, which was weird. Um, they beat the Dolphins, I guess, twice, and or maybe it was the Dolphins three times. Whatever. They haven't beaten the Pats, obviously. Big game. Both. You know, I think this game is more important for the Jets personally, just because I think if you're the Dolphins, you go, "We went on the road. We lost with a backup quarterback." Not that Teddy's that far off from what Tua, like they're not that different, but Tua's the way Tua's played this year, it is a difference. Um, what are your kind of your initial thoughts going into this game? Where are you, where's your head kind of at, either from a Dolphins perspective or a Jets perspective? So I think you hit on something that's important. I do think it's a more important game for the Jets because of everything you stressed about their inability, number one, to win in the division. Number two, you throw in the fact that they have not played well at home this year. They got smoked by Baltimore in week one. They played a terrible game with Flacco against the Cincinnati Bengals in week three. 
And I think on the surface, Will, you would say you get in Miami at a good time. No Tua. That is a drop-off with the way he's playing. Now, Bridgewater is a capable, competent, solid backup, like short-term. Like, if you have Teddy Bridgewater playing for you for four or five weeks, you're going to be fine. Teddy Bridgewater is playing for you for 17 or 18 games. You're going to see the warts. You're going to see the problems. Look at the Denver Broncos the last couple of years. So I think Teddy will be fine. I think the Dolphins having extra time to prepare for this game is an advantage for them. And I throw out the Cincinnati game. I mean, you want to talk about a game that was just doomed to fail. Short week, off an emotional win against Buffalo, a team you never beat. Then in the middle of the game, your quarterback has one of the most gruesome injuries imaginable. It's hard to, like, ramp it up. I know we're not football players. Like, we're not suiting up in NFL locker rooms. These guys do see injuries a lot. That was to another level, though. And when it's your quarterback, it kind of intensifies things. So I think the Dolphins mentally will be in a better place. I think the fear for them, though, they're not right going into this game. Uh, You're hearing Tyreek Hill now on the injury report. Xavier Howard did not look right in that Cincinnati game. Now, I think he's going to play this week. I do. I think the Dolphins need him. But he's not going to be at 100%. So you're not going to have one of the best corners in the NFL locking down, whether it's Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore, whatever the case may be. Um, My initial thought on this game, and I know it's a long-winded answer, I think it's a high-scoring game. I think both teams are going to put up points. I think it's going to be back and forth. And in all honesty, Will, I think the point spread is perfect at minus three. I think Vegas nailed this one. I am going with the Dolphins 28 to 24, but let's put it this way. If I'm walking out of that building Sunday and the Jets win a game, I am not going to be surprised. Yeah, you hit on a couple of things. I'm really curious what's going to happen with Tyreek because do I think Tyreek plays? Yes. Did I like McDaniel's answer today saying like, if he can go, he'll go type of thing? Like, that when usually when injuries pop up in the middle of the week, it's not a good sign, especially muscle injuries. The Xavier Howard thing is really interesting because if he's not playing or he's limited, it changes what they can do. You're not going to trust two young corners. You're not just going to like, they're not as, as uh, aggressive as Miami is. You're not going to leave these guys out on Island without. They're not going to zero blitz. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Will. I don't think you're going to see much of the zero blitz in this which game. Helps, and which I know those that? safeties. Those safeties are really good. Javon Holland is a stud. stud. Brandon Jones is one of the best young players that people don't talk about. And those guys, I thought, were instrumental in their turnaround last year when they went from 1-7 and seven to 9-7 and seven and almost made the postseason. But if you're beat up at corner and the Jets are beat up on the offensive line, uh, I'm not a defensive coordinator. I didn't get a PhD in coaching up defense. But I would let my defensive line get after Zach Wilson, and I would keep my safeties far more in coverage and occasionally throw that zero blitz look out. I'm not running it basically play after play after play. I think that'd be a mistake. Yeah, no, I think it'd be a mistake as well. I think with the talent the Jets have a receiver now, look, they, they still struggle against man. They don't, the receivers don't struggle against man coverage. Zach has to show me throughout four quarters. He can stay in the pocket. I, I know he did a lot of really nice things on Sunday and it, my Twitter mentions are like, oh, you're, you didn't think Zach played well. It's not that. I just think there was a time, the end of the second quarter and the third quarter, where he started doing this backpedal, the bad, all the bad habits started coming out, the backpedal, the throwaways aren't really thrown away. And Mink, you know, Mink probably did catch that ball. And it's like, that's an interception that can't happen. Or, um, you know, he missed really late to Garrett Wilson one time where, yeah, the Conklin one sucks because he should have caught it. But, you know, he also could out away with another one. So Zach needs to hang in the pocket. I, I said this yesterday. 
it's almost like an early t- he has to have that mentality of like an early 2000s quarterback where like i'm gonna get the shit kicked out of me a little bit on sunday and i have to accept it and go if i just hang in there deliver the ball on time and trust my guys i'll be able to kind of to get some yards here and um you know i think that's a huge thing for them especially with the way miami blitzes even if they don't blitz a ton the jets are beat up at offensive line and they got to take care of the football the jets if they're going to win this game that's one thing now miami has not done it as much the last two weeks or even the last three weeks as they have in years past this is a defense though that normally forces off a big turnover too whether it's a strip sack or a bad interception and you got to be mindful of that if you're Zach Wilson, because there will be some big plays that can be made, but you'll lose this game. If you go and turn the football over, and I know this is cliche and obvious, dude, so we both understand this. You go and turn the ball over three times in this game, you're not beating the Dolphins on Sunday. Not happening. No. No, I think, and look, defensively, I look at it. Waddle and Tyreek are banged up a little bit, but, I, I you know, they seem like they're both going to play and be fine. Obviously, we'll see Tyreek unless something changes, but I would – I'd still be surprised if he doesn't play. Armstead's going to play, even though he doesn't practice. Obviously, that's par for the course as he's a guy that always gets hurt. So I think they're just trying to manage his manage his minutes, quote-unquote. He dropped the Allen Iverson yeah. line about uh, practice. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that with Howard yeah, Armstead. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I can't get enough, man. He nah. is a character. I it's, love it. It was funny. He's uh he was interesting at the combine and things. So just like seeing him in person, his mannerisms and all stuff. He is charismatic, dude. I can't um, – he's definitely different than Robert Sala. Like coming from the same tree, they are – pretty opposite in terms of build and <laughs> seriousness, but um, defensively, I think it comes down to the jets of similar to last week, get pressure with four and they got to be disciplined with their eyes. I think their eyes and the way they tackle, if they can tackle well and keep everything in front of them, they give themselves a chance. I know Teddy's not going to push the ball as much. He did once and they had, they hit on the big play to Tyreek, but they're so explosive to the dolphins that if you allow them to get, you know, take a five yard play, 25, 30 yards, now you're going to have to play even – you're going to have to come up and play up further. Then all of a sudden they hit you over the top. So I don't know about you, but I think if you're the Jets, if the Dolphins run the ball 40 times, like, that's fine. Like, if you're the Jets, oh, you like, take it. you live You it. absolutely you live take it. it. And that's a concern now to me, Will, for the Jets moving forward. And this is where this coaching staff has really got to answer the bell. This defense has got to be far better. I mean, this is supposed to be the calling card of Robert Sala. And I know Sauce Gardner has looked great. He's looked absolutely fantastic. But – Right now, my takeaway with the Jets is there are young emerging talents on offense that I'm very intrigued by. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, uh, Vera Tucker, second year, has looked very, very comfortable. Elijah Moore, I think, is going to get more comfortable as the year goes on. But Robert Sal is supposed to be a defensive coach. This defense has got to be far better. It, it is the, now, maybe this will be the breakout performance for them against Miami. Who the hell knows? But so far, four weeks into the year, they have not delivered on that front. Yeah, look, they. I think week one was outside of three or four plays good. Week two was pretty bad. <laughs> if we're gonna be like, and it's awful if you want to even go to that level. Week three it was, was awful against Jacoby yeah, Brissett in that yeah. rushing attack. You no, got a like, miracle. You won the game. You take yeah. it, but it was not good. Week three was started off well, and then you started having the breakdowns of communication. Week four, I thought was their best overall performance, and no surprise, the D line and the safeties played the best they've played all year. Obviously, the corners have been good all year, as you mentioned, sauces. I'm really excited to see him this weekend. I know the Jets aren't going to, you know, they're not going to treat it as Revis or even what Xavier Howard does. He's not going to, like, you know, go with Tyreek or Waddle. But I just want to see, this is early on in his career, he's gone against Jamar Chase now. He'll have gone against Tyreek and Waddle. Like, this is the top echelon of receivers in the NFL. And if if you're four or five weeks in, you're, you're holding your own, you feel really good about what you have at the position, similar to what Denver has with Sertan. Um, do you think there's... Do you think it's more media or do you think it's 
legit of McDaniel, LaFleur, and Sala know each other, grew up together coaching. They know their systems in and out. Do you think there's anything there, or is it like they know exactly how to stop because they practiced against it for years and years and years on both sides? Yeah, I think it's about how you adjust because Robert Sala is going to have preconceived notions about Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel is going to have preconceived notions about Robert Sala. Then you work in LaFleur. Okay, that's great. You'll see that in the first couple of plays and sequences of the game. But like that ability to adjust, the coach that's going to be able to adjust, oh, Coach Salas throwing this at me. I got to do this. Or Mike McDaniel has drawn up this wrinkle within the Dolphin offense. We got to be ready for it. Like, that's something we got to see. And, well, I have not loved Robert Salas in game adjusting in his jet tenure so far. So that's something that would scare me a little bit in this game. Mike McDaniel, knowing him, quite frankly, as well as he knows him. Yeah, it's. I think it'll be interesting. I think the Jets as a whole, their first half initial, you know, the first 15, obviously everyone always talks about, has to be just as good as their first 15 coming out of halftime. I think we've seen a lot of, it's usually one or the other. It's usually like, oh, they, they start slow and finish fast or, and you know, it's too late or vice versa. They've started fast like last week and then the beginning of the third quarter is an unmitigated disaster and then they have to catch back up. I want to see quickly on Zach and then we'll hit on a couple other things. What did you think? I know you kind of talked about in the pod and, and you thought it was probably his best fourth quarter or best, frankly, probably quarter of his NFL career. Where are you at with Zach? Because going into the year, I think everyone lost a little bit of sight of this. This year, regardless if the Jets overachieve and they get to eight, nine wins and this becomes a really exciting team, still about Zach, right? Like, you know better than anybody with the Dolphins. Last year was fun, but you need to know about Tua because that's what's going to take you not just this year, but the next four or five years. Are you more excited about Zach now after watching him last week? Or are you still in the same spot of it was one game? Like, I'm excited, but I need to see more to see he's a guy going forward. Oh, I definitely need to see more. But that, that, that's not a knock on Zach Wilson. That's just the reality of his career and his stage of development and where he's at currently. Um, but I did think that was the best fourth quarter of his career. I mean, it, just the command, the ability to convert third downs making the throws that are necessary to go and win you a ball game. Like that's the sort of stuff where you say, all right, we're working with something here with a young quarterback, but like the idea that that's a coronation moment. No, well, that'll be, that'll be played out over time. Like if Zach Wilson goes and stinks Sunday and is not any good the following week, nobody's going to care about that fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the idea of building upon that. And that means staying on the field. That means growing becoming more confident, making those safe throws, throwing in some big plays, and looking like a guy who's going to be a quarterback here for a long period of time. Yeah, look, he's got to play. I've said this before. He's got to be a, it's got to be four quarters of not every quarter needs to be 10 to 12 for 120 yards. I get that. But every game you point to that Zach's played well, it's usually a spurt of a quarter or two quarters where you're like, wow. And then the rest of the game's Kind of dog shit. Like the Titans game was awful in the first half. They couldn't score. They score right at the end of the half. And then Zach has this miraculous second half or the Bucks game was pretty really was awesome in the first half, but then it kind of wasn't really that great in the second half or the Eagles game was 12 of 14 for 200 yards and three touchdowns. And then finishes 18 of 33, like Steelers game, same thing, right? Like starts well, second, third quarter are bad. Fourth quarter is good. Can we see the kind of spread out over four quarters. Four quarters. Hey, yeah. listen, if you're going to ascend and be a big-time quarterback, that becomes a part of the plan. And you nailed it with the Jets. Coach and quarterback, to me, are everything about this year. I like their process. I like the way they've drafted. 
I think they've brought in young players. Listen, years past, you look at the Jet offense, you'd be like, this is a joke. Who, who, who scares you? You look at the wide receivers, you're like, old man Jamison Crowder or, you know, washed up Le'Veon Bell or, you know, you don't need me to run through the laundry list of pathetic skill position guys on this team. Now, like going into this week, I'm like, all right, the Jets got some dudes. I don't know about the quarterback yet. We're going to find out more. And I don't know about the coach yet. Like that to me is what this year is about. Do I know that Robert Sala is the guy for this team? And I hated the whole receipts thing. I, I know he's trying to fire up his team. I thought it was lame. I thought it was dopey. I thought it was something that's just easily mocked. We'll see if he ends up having the last laugh. Bottom line is your team will prove that to me over the second half of this year. If you're five and 12 this year. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. That comment looks embarrassing. If you yeah. keep winning games, all right, maybe a team rallied around it. And Zach's got to stay healthy and he's got to play. He's got to yeah. play. Like we cannot have another instance now where Zach's going to miss another four or five weeks because that kills trying to figure out do I have my quarterback or not? Yeah, we've seen it with Sam. I know you You obviously have Daniel Jones on the show. I believe every Tuesday. It's the same thing with, like, look, Daniel Jones, you can – if the offensive line doesn't play well and the receivers and all stuff around him isn't good, but he's on the field and you could see it, at least you're a Giants fan going, okay, if we give him one or two more things, we know he can stay healthy. We see it. But if he's hurt every – you know, Tua, all these guys, like, if you are become this tag – Injuries everyone, kill you, man. Yeah. They kill you. And listen, Rents, all these guys. not every quarterback's going to play 17 games. I understand that. But when it's a yearly thing where you know a quarterback's missing five to six weeks, that's problematic for an organization. That's yeah. uh, that's tough. Yeah, you put, you put yourself in a bad spot. Um, you, you're going 28-24 Dolphins. I was likely going to go 27-24 Dolphins. I reserve Wow, the right. I thought you were going to yeah. pick the Jets. Nah, I nah. was fully expecting I, you to pick the Jets, to be honest I, with you. I reserve. I'm assuming everyone for the Dolphins ends up playing, in which I would still give them a slight edge. I just and need to don't see you get the sense, Will, like one way or another, no matter what happens in this game, like I'm not going to be shocked if Jets win this game someday. No, no, I think if I think I would be more surprised if it's a blowout in either way. I think this game this I would is a be, tight game. Yeah. I totally agree. With you. I think if it's they, a very, very if tight they game. get dog walked at home again by a division opponent, 
all the comments. Well, we're going to kill a coach yeah. on Monday. Yeah, That's I know. If, if this game is 31-10 Miami, the coach should get land basted Monday, period. Great. And if they win 31-10, to 10, I'm not going to make any excuses for the Dolphins because the Jets have had a million injuries and the Dolphins will go, whatever. It, you know, you could write it off as a Dolphins fan because – as you should. And if you're a Jets fan, you go. No, but if you're want. Jets, you build on that, you take yeah. it. It's yeah. it's a big test to see where exactly this franchise is headed this year. Like, this is the sort of game, if you win, you're like, all right, we got ourselves, not that I think they're a playoff team, but like a season. We, we have ourselves a season going into October. You lose this game, and I think those more – overarching questions become far more of the talking point if that yeah. makes sense yeah because like last week they end up winning the game and you give zach wilson a lot of credit that part of the reason they won is because of the quarterback i get the feeling if they lose this week it'll be because if zach's not good i think they're gonna that's 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 the way that like they end up losing in a 31 10 if zach struggles if he plays well i think and you lose 27 to 24 you you live with it and you go they're miami's a year ahead of us they're more talented right now but zach played well we'll build on it you just can't have a game where this game's got to be 20 to 17 or 24, 24 with, you know, six minutes to go. You need to stop or you need, you got to go down. Like that's the way the NFL works. And I think people have been scarred by a lot of stuff that's happened with the jets. Where like the spreads three points. That means that everyone thinks this is a three point game. Like these teams are separated by three points. Yes. It'd be nine in Miami, but like this or seven, whatever. It just, the NFL is supposed to be a one possession game pretty much all the time. There should not be, especially in the division, these games should always be close. Wanted to kind of quickly touch on, we got a big baseball weekend. Obviously, more, a lot of Jets fans are Mets fans. So as much as I don't like the Mets at all. A lot I of multitasking yeah, this I, weekend. I will. Imagine, I will. bro, if they're playing an afternoon game on Sunday at four and you got to go uh, from the Jets Dolphins right into a Mets playoff game, win or go uh, home. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of similar to last weekend when it's like the Jets win, everyone's on a high and then instantly gets punched right in the nuts on uh, Sunday night. Quickly, baseball expectations for the Mets. I was with you. I was listening to your show this morning. I think the Mets end up getting this done in two or three. I think the pitching, look, they were, they got, deserved to get the, uh, the to get his ripped. I'm, I'm also sick of the Rom getting all this hate for Mets fans. When Max was way worse than Jake was and no one's saying a word about that. That was a little frustrating to say the least. I think Jacob DeGrom is probably what the second best Mets pitcher ever, pitcher ever. And it's like the guy basically, he deserves a little blame for the Oakland game and all that stuff, but let him, let him go out in a playoff game and earn it. And then if he stinks it up on Saturday or Sunday, you can give him all the grief you want. I think the Mets have a good chance if they get hot to go to the world series. I just think that they're in such a, they're going to have to be probably San Diego, Atlanta and the Dodgers, which is a lot. I guess we'll, we'll go Mets first and we'll hit the Yankees after. Where are you at with the Mets in terms of going to this weekend? How electric should City Field be? Because it better be loud in there. I don't want to hear any excuses. It's going to be loud. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic when it comes to the Mets. They're a better team than the Padres. They're just a deeper team. They've been a better team throughout the course of this year. Uh, but I do think the Mets are going to make this sweat a little bit. Like, I don't get the sense that this is going to be a ho-hum easy weekend for them. I think they're playing on Sunday, to your point. Um, I think they're going to lose tonight as we tape this on Friday. I think they're going to win on Saturday. I think Jake is going to show up in a big way. And then I think they find a way somehow, some way to win Sunday. So I'm going to say Mets in three, but the state of affairs with Scherzer and Oblique and the Grom with the blister, I don't know if these guys are right. It might be okay to get them through this weekend, but I do think ultimately with the amount of wear and tear that they're going to have in the next couple of weeks, 
I don't like their chances now playing in this wild card round to go and represent the world's uh, the NL in the World Series. Yeah, I, think, could, I think the Mets win this series. I do not think the Mets are playing in the World Series. Fair they enough. Could have, yeah, they could have avoided pretty much one of Atlanta and or and or the Dodgers, and they could have avoided the Padres. Obviously, I think the only thing that the Padres that scares me is they've got a bunch of guys that have been in the playoffs from a pitching staff perspective, and Juan Soto. Well, they got the game Mets. records. Let's be honest. Soto and Machado can go and wreck this series. Uh, and that means I, I would me throw well, one up and in at Manny Machado. That means Alonzo and Lindor have to show up. They cannot no show like they did down in Atlanta. That can't happen. Yeah. I guess it's interesting. Marte's on the playoff roster. Similar. I don't know how much he'll play or not. I think it's going to be similar, probably more towards like a Matt Carpenter role where it's like, if we need an at bat, we're going to try to just squeak an at bat out of them. I don't know what they're going to do. Alvarez making the roster was interesting to me. I was like, wow, okay. Oh, I love it against the yeah, lefty. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather see him than Ruffo Vientos. Yeah. Easy call on me. <laughs> I'm a, I, I do agree with you, though. I think the Mets are going to make someone sweat where it's first and Diaz is in, it's first and second, you know, one out, they're up two runs, and he needs a big strikeout. And he'll end up getting it, but I just think they're going to make him sweat a little bit. Quickly at the Yankees, obviously, we'll have to wait a couple of days to see who they play. The Yankees have a chance similar to the Mets, but more so for the Yankees. They have a, they can overcome a lot of demons um, in this playoffs. Their own demons. They have not beat the Rays in a big series outside of, you know, I'm not counting regular season series with this team because they don't really take it that seriously, let alone, you know, as much as we try to. They have a chance if the Rays win here to overcome that demon. Obviously, the Astros are the number one, like, they have got to beat Houston this year. Two-part question, where are you at with the Yankees kind of mentally going in, um, some of these guys coming back? And B, my theory is, like, with the judge thing, if if they don't win the World Series this year, Hal is going to go to Brian Cashman and go, so you can't get it done with judge. You want me to pay him $40 million a year. I'm not going to do that for the next 10 years. Like, I think they, if they win, judge is back no matter what. I have a small, like, if they don't win and they don't get to the World Series, Hal's going to go, this guy's great, but I'm not paying him the best con- biggest contract in baseball history just because we don't get it done with this payroll anyways. So one where you out with the Yankees and two is, do you think this playoffs matters for where the judge comes back or not? Or it's just going to be a dollar figured in a, I summer? don't, to be honest. Well, I think the Yankees have no choice. Yeah. I think they have no choice. Oh, I agree. <laughs> because number one, forget about what he brings on the field. He is a mega star now. Like he is the face of your franchise. He's hands down the most marketable player you have. Like, I always call it the billboard effect, even though billboards aren't as popular anymore. I get that. But like you put them on the cover of your magazines, you see them on every advertisement in the year. Like if the Yankees lose that, who is the guy? Garrett Cole, John Carlos Stanton. They're not, I'm sorry. They're not. So the Yankees know that they, I didn't think the contract was awful because of judges injury concerns in the past. Well, judge said, screw you. I'm playing all year. I'm putting up triple crown numbers. I'm going to go break Roger Maris's record up the ante. And like the Yankees can afford it. That's the bottom line to me. They are not the Rays or the Guardians or one of these teams that's like limited. If it means you're seven, eight, maybe nine, but terrible. You know what? You got to bite the bullet. I don't, I, I, you got to, if you're the Yankees, to me, it is not, it is not up for debate. They have to resign Aaron judge and, they're not going to admit that publicly, but I think they know deep down it's something they have to do. As far as the team, look, I feel better about them now than I did a month ago, if that makes sense. Yeah. They are healthier. They had a good month of September. They've answered a couple of questions I've had. Severino coming back, the resurgence of Gleyber Torres, 
Stanton coming back and hitting these last couple of games. I've loved what I've seen from Oswaldo Cabrera. And we're going to figure out who they're going to play. I think the Rays are a little more dangerous. Well, I don't care. You should not lose to the Guardians of the Rays. That's the sort of thing. If you lose that series, you should be talking about wholesale changes. Forget about Aaron Judge within the organization. Because, like, that, it's not losing to Houston where there may be a better baseball team than you. The Guardians and the Rays are not better teams than the Yankees. You cannot lose that series. That's one. Two, get me to the Yankees and the Astros. Hey, if you're finally going to get over the hump, you got to slay the beast. That's what it boils down to. If you're going to finally get to that point, you got to take down the team that's been your daddy. Um, you've seen it in sports. It's a pattern that kind of repeats itself over and over again. I do think we will have the Yankees and the Astros. Do I like the Yankees' chances in that series? Not particularly, but... Let's see it. I hope it happens. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We, everyone talks so much about the Mets kind of fumbling at the end of the division and obviously wrap on this, but, you know, the Yankees had home field the whole year and then in August happened and I thought it was really important that they get the ALCS at well, home. I wanted it. I wanted I want, it. I know it's kinda, not the only thing. To be thing, honest with you, Will, I kind of knew by the end of July they were not It was over, yeah. After I watched that Houston series, I felt good that they got the win. They split, but, like, I was like, eh, they're at home for four, and this is the biggest series of the year, and they're two, you know, judge walk-offs away from getting swept and no hit. So um, I'm on the same page with the Yankees. I just, to me, it's like you haven't been, you've been in two World Series since the Iraq War started. Like, I, I'm, I know I'm spoiled, and you're spoiled as well with the Yankees. We both grew up in a time frame where it's like every year the Yankees are winning. For me, the Jets and the Dolphins are both good. Like, the Nets were good in the NBA Finals, but at some point – you got to get back to the world series. I'm not saying they're going to be favored over the Dodgers or probably favored over the Braves for that matter, but find a way to beat Houston, like find a way to get to the Houston series and take care of business and slay. Like, yeah, as you're saying, slay the beast. Like you got to do it at some point. This is a perfect year to do it. Well, that's the sort of move that shows you, Hey, guess what? The we're Yankees back. have arrived because this team has not gotten to that point. They've not gotten back to a world series to your point since 2009. It is long overdue. It's funny. It's funny. I, I heard Harrison Bader, kind of say essentially like we haven't earned shit and I was like thank you someone said it like none of you guys have accomplished anything even Brett Gardner is gone now like no one on this roster is part of the dynasty I mean, the only guy that won a world series I think currently on the team is Rizzo yeah Rizzo and I guess you could say Chapman who will yeah. hopefully not be a part of the postseason <laughs> roster uh with the Cubbies outside of that go through the roster nobody's won a championship no one's even been to, I don't even know who's been to, really been to a world series so Cole with the Astros yeah. Yeah, um, it wasn't very good in that playoffs at the end, but it's fine. And, were, well, and Soto kind of touched him up a little bit, I guess. He should have pitched game seven for the Astros, yeah, but I know. Hey, they're yeah. lost, not the Yankees. I know. I want to just – all I want is – obviously, I want the Jets to win this weekend, but I just want to see the Yankees in game six at home or game five at home beat Justin Verlander and go to the World Series. That would give me a lot of joy. Um, it would also be fun to beat the Rays, you know, because the Yankees – I know it's COVID. And they lost to the race a couple of years ago in the yeah. playoffs. You're right about and the Yankees, that. The Yankees and they've had him. better success against Tampa this year. But still, Tampa showed you down a stretch. They're going to be a pain. That would be a pain in the ass series for the Yankees. They win. Yeah. It would not be easy. Yeah, I want to see them. Uh, I want. To, I think for the Yankees, the Guardians are just a better matchup. They, the AL Central with the Yankees feels like in a big game, you like the Yankees. Just mentally, it feels like those series are over before they start. I agree with you. If I see Corey Kluber come into Yankee Stadium and have like a six hit, six inning, two hit shutout, I am going to lose my mind. <laughs> but I understand I, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and McClanahan's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. The Rays will make you win low scoring games. The Yankees should shut down Tampa with Cole and Cortez and Severino. 
My big fear with them is that bullpen and how the Yankees are going to piece together the end of these games and who are the relievers you trust and who are the relievers you don't. I don't know. Yeah. The last thing quickly, Aaron Boone yesterday was like kind of weird about game one starter. He had been, he's been saying it's Cole, it's Cole, it's Cole. And then he was like, I'm not committing to anyone right now. Is there a chance they don't start Cole game one? Or is he just trying to like be cute with it and do coach speak where like is Seve or Cortez really a possibility? He said, I think he's being cute with it to be honest with you. Um, And I think here's what the Yankees are mindful of. Game one, Garrett Cole, if you don't start him, what's his mental frame of mind going into game two, game three? Now I would say, Hey, it's an insult. Go and prove the Yankees wrong. You're making $40 million. But this is the same guy who gets disrupted by Billy Crystal And, you know, he's, listen, a talented pitcher, there's no doubt. And he's put up, like, statistically speaking, fine seasons. But, like, in a big game, in a big spot, you don't trust him, number one. Number two, he reminds me a lot of Mike Messina in a way that one little thing with Moose would kind of send him completely out of whack. That's the way it is with Garrett Cole. And that bothers me. And I think not starting game one might bother them. And here's the other thing. If they ever lost game one, I feel a lot better about Cortez starting game two down on one than I would with Cole down on one. So I think it will be Cole, Nestor, Severino. That's my gut. But remember with this match, with this series, Tuesday off Wednesday, Thursday off Friday, you can throw your game one starter on regular rest Sunday in game four, game five, it's somebody on short rest. Now, Garrett Cole did a good job for the Yankees on short rest going back to the 2020 postseason. Is that something that the Yankees look at and say, hey, let's start Nestor twice in this series. We'll start Cole in game two. And we know if we need him to pitch on three days rest in game five, he's done it before. Maybe yeah. that's something the Yankees take into account. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know with Cortez and Severino, just based on the innings, they they kind of both got – They the won't fake, do that with Severino yeah. under the any fake circumstances. Yeah, Zero. The fake. Zero. No, they're not proven like that. And, and we'll see what happens. But obviously, if I mean, you kind of find JJ's face anywhere, SNY, The Ringer, a million other places. Um, I think you're, go, you're going Sunday of the game, so obviously – I will. We're doing our betting show Sunday from 1130. There we go. And I know it's going to end up happening, Will. You can take this to the bank right now. The game is going to go, and then the Mets are going to be playing at 430, and I'm going to be losing my mind getting out of the MetLife Stadium parking lot saying, why why did I go to this game when the Mets are playing in the afternoon? That's what – and I'm listening on the radio for, like, the first five innings. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Well, you were when – you, when you guys planned this, I remember you talked about it. You're like, I'll be there probably two months ago. You weren't expecting the Mets to blow a 10 and no, a half game lead. No, no. <laughs> I did not think we'd be talking about wild court round and Mets in the same sentence. That no, is true. I, it's, we'll see what happens, but obviously appreciate you hopping on. Um, we'll be back uh, Monday with a recap, but uh, make sure you're subscribed. Subscribe to JJ's stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.